Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, everybody? And it is episode 144 of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane. And once again, I'm here with my good buddy, Dustin Smith. And we're here to talk about the Auburn Tigers. Unfortunately, Auburn did not play yesterday. It was their bye week. Dustin, there was a lot of great games, man. How was your Saturday yesterday? Saturday was fun. It was stress-free, right? It was fun to sit back and relax and watch other teams, man. Yeah, 100%. And then uh, all I had to worry about was my Buccaneers today, and that was an absolute disaster. So both my squads did three and four. What's going on with Tampa, man? Like, I saw Mike Evans uh, right out the gate, just wide open, drop one. Brady dropped in the bucket, and he just right through his hands, man. What's going on there? there? I have no idea. When we played the Falcons, um, and we were up 21 to zero, and they almost came back. Devin White said after the game, when you're dominating teams, you just get bored and lose focus. And that was a weird comment. And then today, Mike Evans said, yeah, as soon as I dropped that ball, we were just – our whole team was dejected and you could just see it. And it's like one drop on the first drive and I'll give up for the rest of the game. It's just some weird, weird stuff going on, man. I can't I can't put my finger on it. But uh, the, I guess the good thing there is the NFC South sucks. So we have a chance. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a fact. But I mean, Carolina like shipping you know, from McCaffrey away, and then all of a sudden they come out and do that. The quarterback, quarterback problems down there. I mean, the Saints with quarterback problems. The Falcons, man. I mean, uh, I think they got railed today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so yeah, they did. It's a mess of a division. It's a mess. For sure, we might win it, or I say we, but somebody might win it at seven or eight games. <laughs> Man, that NFC South, man, it's uh, mm. and and Brady gave it all up to come back. He gave his he gave his marriage up to come back for it. It's um, it's a train wreck, man. And yeah, you kind of yeah, we're missing some key starters. You're missing Ryan Jensen. There's a lot of parallels between Tampa Bay and Auburn. Um, mm-hmm. it's really it's really kind of scary. But uh, when you lose your starting center in the preseason, which Auburn and Tampa Bay did. That usually spells mm-hmm. doom and gloom. And then uh, once you have injuries from there, it's just kind of downhill. And that's where the Bucks are at. It's just um, it's one bad play after another. The team obviously is pretty mentally weak with some of the statements they make. And it's kind of the same thing with Auburn. You're just uh, – you feel like you're always fighting uphill on offense. Yeah, man. And so, you know, with this podcast, what we wanted to do uh, with this episode is – uh, Auburn was on a bye week, so there was no game played yesterday. Uh, we kind of took a break from the podcast to just kind of, you know, just take a week off, sit back, relax, just kind of like the players do, get healthy. And, um, you know, 
I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Brian Harson, Dustin, and uh, you you had a little piece that you wanted to share with everybody and, and some things that you wanted to point out. And when you hit me with it, I was like, hey, the, the, we have to you know let the people know about this. And there's been some rumblings, Dustin, that I have seen a couple people on Twitter, man. They're like, uh, Auburn could possibly be bringing Brian Harson back for another year. I don't know how true it is. I know some people shot it down. But it would be absolutely insane if Auburn brought this man back for another year. And I just got to give the mic to you, man, because I got to hear what you have to say on this whole entire situation at Auburn. Well, if you have any questions about whether Auburn's going to bring back Brian Harson, just watch. I believe it was Thursday. Maybe it was Friday's uh, Locked on Auburn uh, with Zach Blackerby and uh, Hope. Mm-hmm. Justin Hogan's from Auburn Live. And Hope said that, Harson could have went out. He's not going to get his job back. The The reality of the situation is he's already been offered a buyout. There's no – and no one's disputed that. That's been reported mm-hmm. by multiple outlets. Um, there's no coming back from that, man. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of where we're at with that. Um, my thing is this, Blake. Everyone talks about – they're trying to make comparisons, right, between this year and 2012. Mm-hmm. This is two. This is 2012. I agree. We are in our last 12 games. We're three and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, in those 12 games, we have the largest non-conference loss since 1981. That was Penn State. Me and you were there for that. Mm-hmm. We have the largest blown lead in Auburn history. That was at home. First Mississippi State. And you could really go, you could go on and on with it. Uh, we lost to Ole Miss for the first time in six years. It, it just. In, in embarrassing fashion, too. Yeah, they're we, running we right. Three yeah, we gave up three 100 yard rushers. Yeah, they ran it right down our throat. And one of the things that I saw going around this week was people were saying, well, the team hasn't quit on Brian Harson." And I'll give the, you know, I'll, I'll say, yeah, they haven't. The team, I still think that yeah. they uh, like their head coach. I think that they're playing hard. And not only do I think they're playing hard for Brian Harson, but I think they're playing hard for themselves. You know, like, I mean, you've talked about before, all these guys pretty much have dreams of playing in the league. So when they're out there, they're going to give it their all. Um, and I don't think anybody has mailed it in on that Auburn team. So, you know, I, I agree with that sentiment. That doesn't mean, however, that the head coach is making good in-game decisions. Let's go back to the South Carolina game last year. You're leading the game 14-7 to in the second quarter. You're on what I believe is a 33-34 to 34 yard line. It's fourth and one. All you do is punt the ball. That's all that you need to do. Um, you're playing good defense. We decided to go for it. We want to play action pass and throw it to our second or third string tight end up the seam. And obviously, with a backup quarterback, that's already kind of busted up. Um, and obviously, it falls incomplete, and South Carolina comes right down and scores. Uh, the Iron Bowl, you're only 10 to 0 at ha- you know, going into the fourth quarter at home. Think about this if Tank stays in bounds, right? We all know what that would have done. Then yeah. you go, then then put go back to San Jose State this year. Jarquez runs out of bounds in a similar situation, 
and forces the defense to make a stand, puts us in the same situation, puts us in jeopardy again. So your team doesn't learn anything. There, there's no development going on. It's the same mistakes being made uh, throughout this tenure. And I think what happened, Blake, was I'm not going to get into the booster thing, but like everyone, we, we know that there's a faction of the fan base out there that believes everything is, you know, Jimmy Rain's fault. And then mm-hmm. we can all acknowledge that the investigation into Brian Harson was lazy, sloppy. There was a lot of immoral and unethical things that went on with it. And it made the school look bad. The timing of it was pathetic. And it just made the school look silly. It was a PR nightmare. And it wasn't, it didn't look good, you know. We didn't treat Harson yeah. right in that, is what I'm saying. Like he didn't get a fair shake in the deal. Um, so what happened then is a lot of people kind of just rallied around him, which is fine, but I think it's it's blinded some people to what's going on on the field. And mm-hmm. ultimately, last year's team was too talented to go six and seven. You were sitting at six and two after a big win versus an Ole Miss team that ended up winning ten games. And it all fell apart. And it seemed to fall apart with, I mean, let's be real. And I'm not I'm not in any kind of way. I wasn't one of the people on Twitter yesterday that just couldn't get enough Bo Nix. But since Bo Nix went down, this team is, has not been the same thing under Brian Horst's tenure. It's That's just a happened. fact. I mean, uh, look at LSU. We have that game in the bag, man. We have that game in the back. There's just there's just so many of these. And we all know it. I could you could almost give it more time, right? But then you look at recruiting. And then you look at everything else. Like how did you handle the offensive line this year? You didn't get a single guy in the transfer portal. You signed one high school offensive lineman last year, EJ Harris. I challenge anybody out there to justify the bye week being the first time the OC, the DC, and the offensive line coach, Will Friend, going on the road. Why is this the first time Will Friend should be on the road every chance he gets with the need that Auburn has at offensive line? There's just no excuse for that. There's just no excuse for it. And it's been reported by three different outlets I've read it at that the reason for this is there's a meeting on Friday nights with the coordinators. Now that doesn't excuse Will Friend. I have no idea. That do, I have no idea why Will Friend's not going out. He's not a coordinator. Yeah. As far as Keyshaw yeah. Smetting and I believe it's Rock Bellantoni is the special teams coordinator. This is their first. All three of those guys first time going on the road this year. And Blake, do you know where they went? Do you know where Keyshaw and Harson went Friday night? They went to like Kansas or Missouri or something, didn't they? Well, they went to Kansas Saturday, and I had a problem with that because there's the JUCO scene in Kansas is big, yeah. and there's some targets out there on the airline that you know we need to go after. So I have no problem with, with them going to Kansas. But Friday night, Keysaw's first Friday night on the road, they went to Memphis to see Brock Glenn. I got news for y'all. Brock Glenn ain't coming to Auburn. You can give that one up. They should have been. They should have been at Theodore High School right here in Mobile, Alabama, to watch Sarah Land and Theodore play. Dustin, that's where they should have been because there's D1 talent all over that field Friday night. But you know, I just I, it's head scratching, man. It's head scratching. Yeah, it's weird. And then Harson and Keysaw went together. Why? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be at one and you be somewhere else? This is just one week on the road. This is apparently the only week where you're going to go do this. 
why would you not sit back and say, okay, this coordinator meeting on Friday night, maybe it worked at Boise State. Maybe it was something we did at Boise State. But it's not working here in the recruiting grind of the SEC. You just can't justify Auburn finishing where we finished last year in the recruiting class. And people want to say, well, that's because of the investigation that came after signing day. Part yeah. of that investigation being triggered was we went after four targets on signing day. Trey Citizen, a running back, being one of them. We didn't get any of these guys. And on the last signing day, there's two signing days now. On the last signing day, we went after Trey Citizen, didn't get him. Like we talked about on the old Miss preview, Judkins was a running back begging to come to Auburn. Yeah. And we put all our eggs in the, in the Trey Citizen basket, didn't get him. And now Judkins is at a, at a division rival balling out. And you could – it's just it's just silly, sloppy mistakes like that that can't be justified. And ultimately, when you watch – when you watch the product on the field with the offensive line, you're saying, okay, you guys banked on – because you didn't bring in anybody. So you guys banked on you were going to be able to develop these guys and make them better. And, like, with the Nick Brom situation, he had the surgery before the bowl game. That did, wasn't something that popped up in the summer. That wasn't something that popped up in the spring. He had that injury. He didn't play ever again after that injury. So you didn't maybe have some kind of inkling, like there wasn't something where you were saying, hey, maybe he's not able to go. You didn't find that out until a week or two out from fall camp. I'm just not – that's just sloppy and lazy in me. Like there's just roster decisions. There's personnel decisions. There's the way they go about recruiting. Um I just I have a hard time understanding it. Uh, we talked about uh, Blackstock. He's a offensive tackle from Kansas. I believe they went to his game Saturday, so I'll give them credit where credit is due there. But this is a guy who he has deep Auburn ties and would already be committed to Auburn. And this has been said publicly by recruiting analysts. His family just wants to talk to Will Friend. They just want to have a relationship with Will Friend. Listen, I just. With the needs you have on offensive line, you can't make some of this stuff make sense to me. And um, at the end of the day, you banked on Smetting being able to be a D.C., and we're seeing Auburn get gashed like it never has before. You banked on Keesaw being able to be the O.C. And I'm not going to say you banked on it because you went after Ryan Davis, who was all there for 30 days, and that was a disaster, whatever happened with that. Um, you went after the guy from Arizona State, which I guess there was violations after or uh, violations pending with him. So now he apparently is a consultant. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Over the phone. Over the phone. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. So it just it just it all. So that means Keesaw was your third choice. Like, I just don't I don't get it. And I will give horsing this man like i'm a big fan of drew fabionics um basically he's been from the he's from the uh, head of the scouting dallas cowboys we talked about him last week um but it, that's a smart move and i believe horson was a big part of making that move um and i think that's a smart that, that was a good move because now with the transfer portal that's free agency with nil that's kind of a salary thing like there's the college model is going more towards the nfl thing so i think that was a smart move i killered hell of a hire like, it hasn't been all doom and gloom for Harson, but if we're just looking back over the tenure and we're breaking the whole thing down, the point that I'm making is on the field, off the field, there has just been blunder 
after blunder, and there's nothing that you can grab onto and say, okay, this program is headed in the right direction. And, hey, man, with Western Kentucky, A&M, and Arkansas still on the schedule, I'm going to be optimistic and say, man, I hope. But, like, we're looking at that saying, okay, those teams suck. But, like, we're not that good either. So, right, like, that just means we're going to be in the game. That's what that means. That doesn't mean we're going to win them. So, like, and even before – let's say say we win those three games, right, and we get to six wins, which I think would be a nice rebound for this team. If you would have said before the season, six and six, Harson keeps his job, I would have said probably not. Fire. And and Fire. recruiting and recruiting is third. Like at the end of the day, man, you just I don't care what you're telling me. Outside of Vanderbilt, there's no SEC job that you can come into and have two losing seasons and keep it. Yeah. The only thing that would be able to save you in that is if you were able to point your recruiting and say, no, look, I'm bringing in a bunch of talent. But you're yeah. not. You're 100% Auburn, right. Auburn recruiting's never been lower. Yeah, and and here's my final pitch to Auburn fans out there who think that he deserves another year or he needs to hang around, whatever. Um you look at the SEC West, just the SEC West, Dustin. Let's just not even talk about the East right now. You have Alabama with Nick Saban, okay? I don't know how long Saban's going to hang around, but when he when he does decide to give it up, you're probably looking at a Dabo Sweeney or somebody at that caliber to come in and take his place, all right? So, oh. <laughs> Alabama, hey, somebody with <laughs> that caliber is going to come in and take his place. I, I can – I can bank on it with Dabo being a former player there, being from the area of Birmingham. Uh, that's his alma mater. I just – all signs are pointing to that. And I think Alabama is just – they're just going to keep on going on, man. If we hire um, Dabo, y'all are going to have to put up with me to say – talking about hiring Urban Meyer. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, you got Alabama, man. We know they're the dynasty. Uh, you got you look at uh, you look at old you look at old Miss with Lane Kiffin. All right, that's a that's oh, a high profile hire. Even though they lost yesterday, uh, they're still you know a solid SEC contender. And then you look at LSU with Brian Kelly, an elite college football coach, all right, an all time winner at Notre Dame. You look at Arkansas with Sam Pittman, what he's done there. I know they took a little step back this year. They didn't really uh, you know take on the expectations that they had. But you you look at Mississippi State, Dustin. They even have Mike Leach, man. And then you look at Auburn, all right? You look at Auburn and you say, well, they have Brian Harson. And people want to throw out Jeff Grimes. People want to throw out Dion. People want to throw out uh, Lane Kiffin. I saw some Lane Kiffin slander yesterday after they lost to LSU. You're not going to win every game, folks. I don't know who they're going to hire. But you have to strike fear into people, and you have to have a guy that can walk into a room. Now we bring the SEC East into this conversation that can look at a Kirby Smart and a Nick Saban and say, hey, I'm here to recruit against you. I'm not asking you to win every recruiting battle against those two, but you got to win a couple. Obviously, they've chosen, they've chosen the route to keep him throughout the season. I'm really not on board with that. But that's the route they're going. I'm cool with it. It is what it is at this point. 
I mean, how do you feel about keeping him? You know, I mean, I know we've talked about it, but now it's here. It's happening. How do you feel about it? It's whatever. I mean, you know, I like – I would have liked to have seen the change made and given it to Zach Etheridge. Um, I just don't buy that you're going to fire the coach and then just because the OC and the DC are his friends, they're going to up and leave too. Those guys have contracts. They want to get yeah. their money. I, you know, that's not exactly how that works. Um, but – I understand too. There's things going on behind the scenes. Like you don't have an AD, you're trying to conduct that search as well. So it is what it is, man. Like I said, if you're already offered a guy $12 million to go away, like you're already there. And yeah. I think ultimately yeah. my, I won't be too concerned with it, Blake, unless we fire him after the iron ball, which is most likely what will happen. And then we're, eight, nine, ten days after, and we still haven't named a head coach. That's when I'll yeah. be pissed. If it turns into a job situation, if it turns into this lazy, messy, how you did the last one with Kevin Steele and Brian Harson, like, as long as behind the scenes things are – ducks are in a row and they have a, a clean idea and they will execute it after the season, then I'll be okay with it. If it turns into a mess – which it has the potential to do because it's Auburn, then then that's when I'll be upset. Because, I mean, look, we all know what Bama is. We all know what Georgia is. Now LSU is only on the way up with Brian Kelly, man. They're only on the mm -hmm. way up. That's um, what scares me. Yeah, we we see, like, let's if we don't hire Lane Kiffin, right? I mean, me, me and you are on the Lane train, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we don't hire Lane Kiffin. Then Ole Miss is where they sit, like – you just look and you see where our rivals are at and where they're headed. And then you see where we're at. I mean, back to back six, one seasons already. And Lord knows well how many, what our win total is going to be this year. I mean, this is the, this is the worst Auburn stretch in my lifetime. So yeah. yeah, I mean, this has to be, you have to nail this one. You just can't afford to miss this one. Or you really do fall into that like Tennessee territory. Like, are you going to slip into purgatory? So there has to be, man. Everyone behind the scenes has to be on board. And this situation cannot be as messy as the last one. Everybody's got to be in line, supportive. Everyone's got to mm -hmm. be in line with on the victory in the NIL and, and how this whole new process is going to work. It just has to be clean, man. I, that's, I want everything to be clean this time. Trauma-free. Yeah, 100%, Dustin. And do you think they've already sent some, some heaters out there to, to other coaches and just been like, hey, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at you. Do you think there's been any contact with anybody so far? Yeah, you better have hit up Lane Kiffin. You better have hit up Hugh Freeze. Like, they better – you know what I mean? Like, of course, they ha you yeah. have to. I mean, if not, then you're not doing your job. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This, I, I'm I'm right on board, 100 percent. I think you have to go after one of those guys, man. And it has to be 
a home run hire. It has to. It can't be like the last time where you you know the the Sarkeesian stuff come about, and then the Billy Napier stuff come about, and then it was like, oh, Clark. nobody wants the Auburn job. Oh, yeah, Bill, Bill Clark. Clark. Come on, man. I've seen people on Twitter say, oh, Bill Clark would have been a great hire for Auburn. Man, get out of here, dog. Like, I'm, <laughs> it ain't. Come on, come on. No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm not down with that. It, no. Um, you know, it was just a mess last time. You know, the the stop the steal or whatever it was that trended on Twitter. It was, you know, it was a joke. It was a joke. It can't be, it can't be like that this time, Dustin. It can't. No, it was an absolute PR nightmare. And we've, I mean, it's become a thing. Like everyone knows about it. And I stick up for Auburn a lot when it comes to this national narrative that Auburn is a mess because some of it is just overblown. But like when you do things like that, when you have an investigation and a fire and a coach and you let it leak out so publicly and everyone thinks you're going to, I mean, like since February, dude, we've been talking about firing the head of football coach. Like, yeah. this is just ridiculous. This whole thing yeah. has just been ridiculous. And like, I don't, I don't care what the reasons are. Like you have to be better as a school, as an administration and handling the narratives and handling the PR. Like you got to be out in front of it. You got to be proactive. You have to already know how the national media is going to spin it. And we don't. We just stumble. It, it's it's like the Donald Trump thing, right? Like, just put your foot in your mouth when you don't have to kind of thing. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, this process has to go a lot better. You would hope with a new president. You would hope with by then what will be a, hope, a new AD. We keep hearing every week. It'll be this week. It'll be this week. Um, mm -hmm. You would hope by then, man, that like, like I said, that everything behind the scenes, like Miami did. I mean, I think they did. I Listen, I think ethically they did Nate. Um, I'm about to say Nate Diaz because a guy at my job always called me Nate Diaz. <laughs> Nate Diaz. He always called. But uh, <laughs> uh, shout out my guy Todd. He got me messed up right there. But, uh, but man, they are, you know, they did Manny Diaz dirty. Um, yeah. As far as like ethically, you know, having him out there recruiting when they were already like basically had crystal ball signed. Um. But as far as like handling it behind the scenes, if you knew you were moving on from Manny, that's kind of and they were they didn't just hit Chris the ball up all of a sudden. Like, you know, they were talking to him while he was still the coach at Oregon. So mm -hmm. hopefully that hopefully that the people behind the scenes, Rich McGlynn and those guys, that kind of thing is being done. I mean, it just it has to be. And then, like I said, timely, like Iron Bowl's over. Boom, boom, boom. Here's the chance. Get the new guy in. Let's, let's say the recruiting class, maybe get some guys similar to what BK did at LSU last year. Let's use this mm -hmm. NIL money we got. Hit some portal guys. Listen, dude, how, like there's got to be guys that are hitting a portal on the offensive line, the defensive line that want to come to Auburn. Like that you yeah. got to you got to see it. I mean, the spots are there. So um, it'll, to me, it'll just be, like I said, clean, make the whole thing quick, man. And so we can – Listen, in this new age, you can turn this thing around quick. Look at Tennessee. Shout out to Shane Beamer at South Carolina. You know, they like some people talk about that culture change, that culture change. Well, I see it happening in South Carolina. They're making it happen yeah. on the field. They're fact. making it happen on the field. Um, it just doesn't take that long anymore. Like, and that's not saying you got to win the national title right now. Not everybody's going to get a Hendon Hooker and do what Tennessee has done. But you can get the program moving in the right direction a lot quicker than you could in the eight. Like a lot of people make the Pat Dye comparison. That's 40 years ago. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. different time, just a different time. You were recruiting 
Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and like the panhandle of Florida then. And that was it. And still, if you go back and watch those games, 80% of those kids are from Alabama. So like, it was yeah. just a diff. It was just a different game back then. There was no portal and all this kind of stuff. So like, nowadays, man, you can't turn it around quick. It'll just be about doing it the right way, getting everybody on board, and like, for once, Auburn not fumbling the narrative for the national media. Just have it presented clean. Let's be a good hire, and then this fraction in this division and the fan base hopefully will go away. I mean, we're all, you still, you're always going to have these harsh nights that'll stand by forever. But like this, 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 the same way you, the same way you got the people that are still riding a bus that now resides in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, like just we're get on board with, yeah, just get on board with Auburn, man. Uh, and mm-hmm. ho- But for the most part, we'll get a new coach. In, and here's the thing. You get a new guy in here, and if you start getting momentum on the recruiting trail, you bring in some big portal guys or whatever, um, and you win games, then no one's going to care about any of that other stuff. Like we see it in basketball, right? We're the same fans for the football team that we are with basketball. Everybody gets along with basketball. Why is that? And it's because we win. So ultimately, man, that'll shut all that other stuff up. And we haven't lost less than four games since the 2013 season like yeah it's it's time for auburn to get right man it really is yeah yeah dustin i'm right there with you man and that was that was great stuff just talking about this coaching staff and and uh really out there out there for the auburn family to to listen to it and and hopefully grasp onto it and uh take what we say and and just kind of you know hopefully we give you a road to look down on and, and say, Hey, you know, things aren't really going the way they should be. And hopefully we can get another guy in here and, and we can start winning big time football games because, you know, I've always said, and I've said it on multiple episodes, Dustin, that when you start losing to Mississippi state and Ole Miss and Arkansas, that's not Auburn, man. It's not, that's where I'm at on that, man. And moving into the weekend of college football that we watch, watch Dustin. There's a guy up in the Pacific Northwest by the name of Bo Nix. What are your thoughts on Auburn Twitter and the way they act over the entire Bo Nix situation? Yeah, it was a great performance by Bo. I mean, you can't knock it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. The guy's got an offensive line behind him now or in front of him now. Um, and he's he's playing UCLA and Washington State, and that's just a little bit of a different deal. I mean, however you want like, to go back to the game versus Texas A&M last year where our defense didn't, didn't give up an offensive touchdown to Texas A&M. However, we somehow lost 19-3. to three. Um, mm-hmm. Bo Nix was missing wide open guys all day. So, like, it's just – because he had guys in his face. I'm not saying it's all on him, but, like, it's just a different piece. If you'd asked me before the season, is Bo Nix going to ball out in the Pac-12? I told you, hell yeah, man. So, like, yeah. I'm not really – I'm not surprised by it. And, you know, he's going to he's gonna get drafted off of this year. So, um, good on him. I don't really, – I just don't put much – like, first off, those were the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen. And – Coming from a team that wears like glow in the dark socks and glow in the dark helmets and face masks and gloves and stuff, like which they did in the national championship versus us, just a clown mm-hmm. show. Um, those were hideous, but you know, 
it's all it's good for him. And uh, as far as a Twitter reaction to, I just don't understand it. I really don't. Um, and it's not any ill will towards Bo Nix. Like I had fun with people, um, but that's only because I I have fun with people that like are posturing, like moral posturing on there. Like if you're not yeah. pulling for Bo Nix, you're a bad person. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, what what if uh. What if I like don't wish anything on him as a human being, but like the football fan in me is like, yeah, screw it. I hope he doesn't do good. Like, is that is that evil of me? Like, is that terrible? Like, people just have a hard time separating and uh, kind of categorizing their priorities. I guess you would put it. Uh, and it's funny, man, because every time that UCF balls, all all these people come in and and talk about how we never should have moved on from Gus and Gus was the greatest thing that ever happened to Auburn. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess every time Bo Nix balls now, we're going to hear about uh, how the fans ran him off and this, that, and the other. It's just weird to me. It's just weird to me. He doesn't play for Auburn anymore. And you, um, Gus Malzahn doesn't coach for Auburn anymore. And like, yeah, I get it. Those guys are part of the history of, the kick six was one of the greatest plays in the history of sports. And Gus Malzahn called the timeout and made the decision to put Chris Davis back there. So like he deserves full credit for those things, but it's not, it, I, I just don't get it because it's all you, it's like, it's all you saw. It's all, and it's the same way. Like if UCF plays on a Wednesday or Thursday night, it's all you see. And I just, I don't understand it. Like, do you think that, uh, how much better would this Auburn team be with Bo Nix? They wouldn't. Be, they wouldn't. Have four and three. Yeah. We probably would have beat LSU. We might have beat. Might have beat Ole Miss with him. Maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, we still maybe. gave up forty-eight points and four hundred something yeah. yards rushing. Yeah, maybe would have beat would have beat Ole Miss. And so I, I mean, a game, maybe yeah. two. Maybe, um, maybe two. But, we wouldn't have beat Penn State. Wouldn't it be Georgia? I mean, yeah, and I, I just ulti – yeah, ultimately you still would have be around six wins. So, like, yeah. it's it's weird. You need to worry about Robbie Ashford and uh, Holden Griner and the future of Auburn quarterbacks. And don't worry about – because let's say that Bo Nix was here, like we just talked about. It wouldn't be mm -hmm. worth like – like we just said, it may be worth a game. So, ultimately, you wouldn't be having that much of a different season. So he's gonna get. He goes out there and he gets to have fun, and um, that's good on him. And Auburn has its own issues that it needs to focus upon. And like, if you're one of these people, it, might, it gets to the point because people get so repetitive with. It. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, because when we were playing Ole Miss, I was at the Ole Miss game where Zach Ethers got hurt, and mm -hmm. my uh, my grandfather, he had a neck injury that ultimately you know uh he died from so it's just a personal thing to me like spinal cord injuries and stuff and it was scary being at that game like you see a guy laying down on the field and then you know what the injury is it's a tough deal so now to, for him to be doing such a great job as our secondary coach i just posted a little post about him and like a shout out because i thought you know it was just cool and man like it shows you that god is good and somebody Somebody, because I in the post I posted, you know, Auburn man, true and true. Yeah. And and somebody posted a picture of Brian Harson and was like, oh, "This is an Auburn man too," as if I was saying 
anything. This this post has nothing to do about. This has nothing to do negative and or positive about Brian Harson. We're playing Ole Miss yeah. this week. This man had a serious injury versus Ole Miss, and now he's coaching at his alma mater and doing a great job. That's the whole point of my post. And you come in here with this. It's just and and this person posts about Harson nonstop. So like people get caught up in their narratives and stuff. And it's, it's just weird, man. Like just back off yeah. and, and support Auburn and quit thinking you're right all the time. Like, stop. I'm wrong all the time. You hit the nail on the head, Dustin. And and that's my thing with the Bo Nick stuff is he isn't our quarterback anymore. He left us high and dry. And I'm kind of tired of seeing every single Saturday people hopping on Twitter. You owe Bo Nix an apology. Yeah, no, um, I don't. We would be a much better. Yeah, we would be a much better team with Bo Nix at quarterback. No, we wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> we, we wouldn't. Uh, I hate to break it to you, but we wouldn't. And you made Brian a great Horson, example. Still the coach. It, that and you made a great example of the the Texas A and M game last year. Uh, we wouldn't be that much better. We would be a six and six, seven and five team. And um, you know, I just – I kind of get tired of, you know, oh, well, you said this about Bo and look at him now. He's out there flourishing behind – see what an offensive line does for you and a, and a offensive playmakers on the outside and uh, two two running backs that are that are really nice. And, well, it also helps that you're playing in the flag football league too, Dustin. <laughs> you're playing, like you said, Washington State, Washington, UCLA, Stanford. Did you uh, see USC. the Stanford crowd yesterday? No, I didn't. Oh, dude, I maybe four thousand people, maybe. Man, did you see well, Marshawn Lynch call out Cal? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah, they maybe had four to five thousand people at their game, and Marshawn was like, "These mfers out here, pathetic." Talking about the fans, he was like pointing to the empty seats. Yeah, Man. so Pac-12 football, maybe it just means more out there. Yeah, and they want me to make that trip out there to Cal and everything. Man, look, and we see, we see how good the Pac-12 is. Utah come to Gainesville week one, and you got slapped around by Florida. Um, I, I'm just kind of tired of hearing about it, and it's getting old. It's stale, and it's just – it's not fun, man. But, <laughs> Dustin, man, Alabama bounces back. This this past you know this past Saturday they went to Knoxville they lost but they come in Saturday they host Mississippi State and uh, they bounce back they look good man what did you think about Alabama and Bryce Young getting back on track Mississippi State it's been they finally scored a touchdown on the last play of the game <laughs> after like so many yeah. years that is just and I want to laugh at it but then there's a we just broke our little passing touchdown streak in Athens that went forever. So yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't make too much fun of it, but uh, yeah, it was a tough spot for Mississippi state to be in. Um, I expected them to put up a little bit more points, but ultimately, you know, Bama's going to bounce back right there. Um, they're having a kind of a PR nightmare right now with old boy that uh, hit the girl on the field and then them kind of defending it. It's not, it's not, people aren't dropping it. It's not going away. And I don't think people yeah. will. So it'll be an interesting week to see how they handle that. But uh, I mean, we know how good Alabama is. We know how good Bryce Young is. That Mississippi State defense is much improved. But, yeah, I mean, as long as Nick Saban's there, Mississippi State's not going to beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Um, yeah. Only way they'll ever be able to do that is if they get them in Starkville, 
three, four turnovers kind of thing. Like, you know what it's got to be with that. So, yeah, just Alabama doing Alabama things. Yeah, Dustin, and um, I was watching last night, and this night, and Mississippi State's just not the team to push the ball down the field vertically to beat Alabama. They're more of a possession type, uh, crossers and things like that, man. They're not the big play uh, down the field type of, uh, of offense. So I knew it was going to be tough. And, you know, Mississippi State got into Alabama territory a couple times there to start the game, and they just squashed a few opportunities away. And once you find yourself down 21 to nothing to Bryce Young and the Alabama Crimson Tide, you're in trouble. It's it's deep, deep water out there. And uh, Mississippi State didn't have their floaties, man. They didn't have their floaties. They, they, they sank straight to the bottom. And is it Alabama for sure coming out of the West? I don't want to say for sure. I mean, we saw them on the uh, on the road, and Texas have a hard time. That was with Bryce Young, and that was with Texas having a backup quarterback. Um, we've seen them for the majority of the season commit a bunch of penalties. Um, they go on the road, man. They can still get in a tough situation. Uh, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not over. Uh, Ole Miss's defense is shaky. That's not even, you know, at this point we see that. So I think ultimately that's going to be their downfall. But there's still a team that can put up points. Do I think they'll beat Alabama? No. Um, the LSU game will be very interesting. There's a potential for that one to get pretty tricky. Uh, yeah. I know we all cannot wait for CBS to lose the SEC rights. So, because we already know that game's going to 2:30 when we really wish it would be a night game. Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's in Baton Rouge, correct? Yeah, it is. It's in Baton yeah. Rouge. Yeah, yeah. So CBS is gonna come scoop that up, and that's gonna be a 2:30 game, and that sucks. But kind of just like we know they're gonna take the Iron Bowl, and we're gonna have to deal with a 2:30 Iron Bowl again when we all want a night Iron Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like I mean, better days are coming with that. I think they got one or two more years at the max, but uh. It'll still be a crazy atmosphere, so that one can get tricky for LSU. It could get, but or for Alabama, I mean. But I, I still think Bama's going to win it. But like, it's not, it's just not as guaranteed. They still make mistakes. Um, Bryce Young could go out again, and then we saw they were a completely different team. So, because we saw that A and M team last night, uh, you know, so we just don't. And I'm making the point of how they, you know, how they hung in there with Bama. We've seen Bama in trouble before, so there's still some games where they could trip up. Uh, and then the mm-hmm. SEC title game. I mean, if they get in there versus Georgia or Tennessee, um, that's going to be a hell of a game either way. So there's still plenty of times where they can't. But ultimately, I pick Bama to come out of the West, yeah. I had to ask you that because we know what's going on in the East with Tennessee and Georgia. So – I kind of have these three teams top five, top five, and right now I have Ohio one, then Georgia at two, Tennessee at three, Michigan at four, and Alabama at five. And Dustin, I know a bunch of people who are Clemson fans. If they hear this, they're gonna come after me and say, "Oh, well, Clemson's undefeated." But look, man, until you figure out that quarterback position, don't don't come at me with that crap because DJU and Cade Klubnick and and you should have lost yesterday. Uh, I just, I'm not on the the Clemson bandwagon until they figure out the quarterback quarterback spot. And I think if them and Alabama were to play today, Alabama would beat Clemson. So uh, with that being said, man, I want to hear your top five in the country right now. 
I'll go with the same as you with this exception, though. Just I'm moving Tennessee to number one and bumping everybody down. Wow. I wow. listen, dude. I just Tennessee. There's like their offense. It's not the same systematically. They throw the ball a lot more, but it reminds me of our 2013 offense at Auburn. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. with the tempo and just like any time they get the ball, you're thinking, okay, they can. Score. I mean, literally every play, they can take that thing to the house in multiple ways. And yeah. I think that they have. I think Hendon Hooker is the front runner for the Heisman if he stays healthy. I think that he'll win it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Tennessee ultimately their offense has got so much firepower, and they're just so confident every time. Like I said every time they get the ball, man. It's just highlight real stuff. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm with you, just, but like I said, just putting Tennessee at the top spot. Man, I, I respect it, Dustin. I respect it. I like that take. But, Dustin, wrapping this one up, uh, if you could, you could just drop your social media stuff and, and so my listeners can get at you. Yeah, man, I had a good time with you tonight doing the YouTube thing for the first time. Uh, yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter, D-M-I-C-H-A-U-D 28. That's D-M-I-C-H-A-U-D 28. Appreciate you having me, brother. Yes, sir, man. And, hey, we'll wrap this thing up with a war damn eagle, brother. Hey, war damn eagle. I'm about to do some football next weekend, baby. We'll see you all in the next one. Out. Yes, sir. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.